0: This is Scott Krinsky, and you are listening to Chuck vs the podcast. Hi, my name is Graham
1: Jones, but you can call me Gray. This is my show. It's about Chuck. It's filled with interviews, the latest news, crazy co-hosts, and spoilers that'll make your day. Oh, wait, wait, I need to go back. I host these TV nights. They used to be pretty boring, but everything changed when I found NBC's new show, Chuck. Pretty soon, my TV night got pretty crowded. Guys I didn't even know were showing up the door. Big, important guys. Really scary, nasty, get killed for hosting them, guys. Next thing I know, these super episodes are downloaded into my brain, which means every moment of my life, I'm thinking about Chuck. ChuckTV.net sent their top people to protect me. That's Mel and Liz. They're pretty zany. They co-host with me now as a cover. So now I must welcome you to Chuck vs. the Podcast, the first and only podcast for NBC's Chuck. This is great.
2: This is Mel, and Liz is not with us today. The poor thing, she's suffering from a migraine, so we let her off the hook for today, but she'll be with us next time.
1: Yeah, we certainly miss her, and uh, boy, migraines are not fun, and so we wish her well. Yes. And our highlight of the episode today is going to be an interview with Scott Krinsky, who plays Jeff on the show.
2: We do have a lot to get to today.
1: We do, uh, because we had an interview last time with Julia Ling. But uh, we didn't actually have any commentary with that one. So we've got commentary going back since, I guess, the beginning of November.
2: Yeah, episode five. We Last one we talked about was episode four, which was Sarah's high school reunion episode. So there's a lot to cover.
1: Yeah, so we'll get right into it. And we do want to say um, this will be the last podcast for the year. December is a busy month for all of us for tons of reasons, and certainly uh, it makes it a little too busy to, to do the podcast, but we will be back, I guess, probably in January if we can mm-hmm. land an interview with somebody, definitely the beginning of February.
2: Mm-hmm. And we've got some things in the works, but just keep an eye out and we'll let you know when a new podcast is on the way.
1: We certainly will. And we'll roll right into the news. Um, Actually, just on the topic of air dates, um, what have we got?
2: Well, it looks like Chuck versus Santa Claus, which is episode 11, is our last new episode before the winter hiatus. Um, Without being too spoilery, there is a cliffhanger there. So it makes sense for that to be our last one. And according to NBC's website, that's as far as they've got scheduled up. We know that Chuck versus the Third Dimension, which is episode 213, airs the Monday after the Super Bowl, February 2nd. So it looks like Check versus the Best Friend, which is episode 212, will air on January 26th. That's, you know, deductive reasoning is our friend here. Mm-hmm. So that's what we think. We're, we're not positive that that's how it's going to play out, but that's what it looks like. And we did want to just do a quick reminder that NBC had said way back when they announced their 2008-2009 lineup during the May upfronts, that they would not be airing Chuck or Heroes during January. So we've had some inquiries about, you know, what does that mean for Chuck, or is NBC going to cancel them? Blah blah blah. No, that's always been the plan. They did this last year too, where they had a couple of episodes um, at the end of January, which, of course, according because of the writers' strike, that was it. But that was their plan: was to give Chuck most of December and January off. So yeah. Not a big deal. Always a plan. Don't worry about it.
1: Yeah. And and as far as I understand, um, that's because NBC has some alternative content scheduled in
2: January. Exactly. They've got a couple of reality shows that they're planning to air. Um, I think they just figure why. I don't want to say waste. But with sweeps being, sweeps are being moved to March because of the digital TV transition. Mm-hmm. That happens February 17th. So they're moving sweeps to March to make sure everybody's converted so they have more accurate numbers or as accurate as this outdated Nielsen system is. Mm. And so because of that, they I think you're going to see a lot of networks doing the same thing where they're airing alternative reality programming during the month of January so that they save the new episodes of their established series for those sweeps months.
3: So. Yeah,
1: and I would expect that that digital transition is is going to change a lot of things. It's going to be just a different season. Uh, Mm -hmm. for a lot of different shows, but uh, not to worry. Yeah. Um, And I do want to mention that um, TV.com, which generally I find pretty accurate for air dates, is showing Chuck versus the Best Friend as February 2nd and Chuck versus the Third Dimension as February 9th. Now, I don't know if that's accurate.
2: I just wanted to mention it. It shouldn't be because the Super Bowl is February 1st and the Chuck versus the Third Dimension, the Super Bowl, there's something they're airing during that On NBC, some segment of it will be in 3D. -hmm. So the Chuck versus the Third Dimension episode is to air the Monday after the Super Bowl, and it's also going to have some three dimensional elements. Uh, So it's a tie-in with the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah. So I I guess the long and the short of it is because we may not be back until after that, make sure you watch your listings near the end of January, particularly for January 26th. Chuck may air on that date and it's not confirmed. And also check chucktv.net because we'll uh, we'll keep that up to date exactly um, as as best as we have news
2: as soon as we have a definite date, we will announce it with big splashy graphics and things, so nobody misses it
1: yeah, yeah. and and kind of on this note, um we've been getting some inquiries about the fate of the show, about the show's future. Will it be canceled after 13 episodes? Will it get a third season? What do you have to say about that, Mel?
2: Well, first, NBC has already picked up a full season of Check prior to the season two premiere. They had picked up a full 22-episode season, so we don't need to worry about that. I believe they finished production on episode 16 of the season, maybe 17. Um, It's a little hard to get information on that at the moment, but I believe before they wrapped for the holidays, they were finished with either 16 or 17, so... You know, they're going forward. NBC is committed to a full season for season two, so we don't need to worry about that. And as far as a third season, it is way too early to be thinking about a third season. Most shows have just found out in the last few weeks whether their episode order is being extended beyond 13 for this season, for the 2008-2009 season. So we shouldn't expect to hear one way or another about a third season for Chuck until at least mid-April. And actually, um, mid-May is when the networks announce their... Um, schedules for 2009 2010 it could actually be as long as you know mid-may before we know we know for sure and that's not at all unusual you know most shows aren't finding out if they've been picked up for another season until april and may the
1: thing that i would definitely say is that i know some other shows have been canceled Mm -hmm. and they didn't have a lot of marketing And with Chuck, Mm -hmm. by comparison, NBC has been pumping a ton of money into marketing for it. And so it just, it would seem really odd for them to put that much money into promoting the show to all of a sudden cancel it.
2: Exactly. They've been behind it. And Josh Schwartz has said and Chris Fedek has said in interviews that NBC is behind them 100%. They've shown a lot of confidence in the show. And they don't feel in danger at all about the season being cut short, that they're confident that it will go for the entire second season. And as far as the third season, they're hopeful. But of course, it's going to depend on ratings. And so, you know, it's kind of a wait and see game. They, As I said, it's way too early to be talking about a third season.
3: Yeah,
1: absolutely. And uh, on the topic of ratings, we have some good news.
2: We do. We, uh, we were listing out the ratings for the season so far, and we... We're averaging about six and a half million uh, up through episode eight, and the most recent episode that's aired as we're recording this is episode nine, and that actually bumped all the way up to seven point two five million viewers, which is a season high. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a season high of at least three hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, yeah, I think the most the the closest one to that was six point eight.
1: Yeah. Oh, so uh, oh yeah, so four hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, that's pretty significant. So
2: close to half a million. Yeah. Which is is good, and that's partially because Dancing with the Stars is over this cycle. <laughs> it doesn't return until March, which is going to give Chuck some time to to build up again. So that's encouraging.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, but
2: yeah, those numbers were really encouraging. It's been pretty steadily growing. It's I think NBC is confident about it, and of course the DVR, the time shifted numbers as those come out, those are generally adding uh, about three to four million viewers to the total number.
1: Yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all.
2: They do the the live plus seven. So people that watch it within seven days of it mm-hmm. airing on their DVR is adding a nice chunk.
1: Yeah. And my, my suspicion is it's even higher than that with other types of digital downloads.
2: Yeah. Because we don't get numbers for um, how many people are watching online, like on Hulu or NBC.com. But we do know that um, NBC did put out a press release saying which shows were their highest watched and check is like number two. I think it's number two behind Heroes, I think. Wow. So, yeah. So it's getting getting some major viewership on alternate platforms, which is to be expected with this type of show.
1: Plus, they've got DVD sales, comic books. There's foreign uh, markets. Um, I'd say it's not doing too badly.
2: No, I think it's fine.
1: Yeah. Speaking about people watching Chuck, we have some Christmas and Hanukkah gift ideas.
2: That's right. For the Chucksters in your life. You're looking for the perfect gift for your fellow Chuck fan. Season one of Chuck is available on both Blu-ray and DVD now, so you could always add that to their library or someone that you think would enjoy the show, but maybe isn't watching it. You, this would be a great way to introduce them to Chuck.
1: Mm-hmm. And also the Chuck comic book. Now, I, I wouldn't suggest giving a uh, Chuck comic book to anybody who hasn't already watched the show, but if if you know somebody's already watching and you can track them down, they'd be a great gift. And Mel, you had a really cool idea.
2: Well, I didn't realize that at the time, but yes, I did. Um, <laughs> we, we were chatting about other ideas, and I mentioned that on ChuckTV.net, we have the track listing for the songs that are played during each episode. Um, these are not the original compositions by Tim Jones. These are the, the songs from other artists that are played. And we have, for all of Season 2, we have the iTunes link for downloading those songs. So, and we're going back and we're doing that for season one as well, but season one at least has the whole track list for you. Mm -hmm. So if you, if you know someone who is a big Chuck fan and you wanted to put together a mix, you could go through and find the songs for, you know, one for each episode or even all of them. There are quite a few though Mm -hmm. and, and put together a, you know, a Chuck iTunes mix for them. Uh, That, that would be a lot of fun.
1: That would be a lot of fun. And to anybody who's into the show, they're into the music yeah it just happens
2: it's an integral part of each show and they would yeah i think it would be a really cool present
1: yeah i i think so and you know those are the be- actually the best kind of presents because they just feel so personal
2: exactly it's not another gift card it's something that you actually put some thought into yep yeah.
1: well we do have a lot of episodes to cover um we do that's five six seven eight and nine. Five. Six, mm-hmm. that's Five episodes. Um, We're not going to go into great detail, but just um, sort of a commentary. First of all, starting out with Chuck versus Tom Sawyer, um, episode five of season two. Um, This was, of course, the one where we got to see Jeff in detail.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that nice flashback of him in his members only jacket Mm -hmm. after he won the Missile Command championship in 1983.
1: Yeah, I remember Missile Command. I was there. I guess that dates me.
2: I unfortunately have no experience with missile Command, yeah, I think we were just getting our first commodore sixty four around nineteen eighty three so
1: mm-hmm. yeah rocket machines <laughs> yeah yep yeah. uh, but uh, just a just a very, very fun episode, and uh, we're gonna get to hear from jeff uh the actor Scott Krinsky later on in the show, but it was great to see a uh, focus on him and give him some uh chances to um to show his comic talents
3: mm-hmm
2: and you know I, what I really liked about this was that he's on top of the world in 1983, and they're like, "Oh, what do you? What's going to happen next?" And 25 years later, he's still, you know, he's working at the Bymore, and still his kind of deadpan, slightly scruffy self. Mm-hmm. And but you know, he has this chance to reclaim this glory, and you know, play Missile Command, and all the lights and the fans and. They pump it up and pump it up and then he gets stage fright and he can't do it and Chuck has to take over. That I found that rather amusing and, and somewhat endearing too, yeah. you know. For all of Jeff's Bravado, he he is still kind of shy and, and nervous about things. So Yeah.
1: And we get to see yet another Canadian connection in that episode. Um the rush music was was well appreciated.
2: That was really a neat way to integrate the music again. Like like we said before, the music is such a part of these episodes; it's almost like another character. And in this case, it it was.
3: It
1: totally was.
2: It was the catalyst for um, saving the world. Yeah, yeah, at least Los Angeles.
1: That that was just a totally fun episode. And, and now, interesting plot advancement was when Chuck got his honorary Stanford degree. Or not honorary, I guess. What? But it was a. No,
2: they said they said he, you know, his real world experience counted for however many credits he had left. Like, what was it, eight or ten credits he had left to earn his degree? Mm-hmm. And I, I think it was like a semester that he had left to finish that degree. And and uh, they said this this counts, yeah. which I have to say I agree with that, yeah. considering everything he's done in the past. Oh, about year in their time.
1: Oh yeah. Now, and and we haven't seen much of it so far, but I, I think this is definitely going to play in in terms mm-hmm. of his future plans. And and so especially now that Ellie and, and his friends know about this, it's going to put a lot of pressure on him, I think, to, to outwardly in his in his real life to, to move on towards other things.
2: Advance, make some moves. I think he's going to have to step up now because, you know, Ellie's been kind of pushing him, trying to be gentle, but pushing him to move on to take his next step to, you know, be a grown up. And now that he has this degree, that's just extra pressure, like you said, for him to go ahead and make that step.
1: Yeah. And what is he going to do when they get married? He can't, he obviously can't continue living with them, I would think, or?
2: I don't know. They seem fairly comfortable with him there. You know, when he was talking about moving out earlier, Ellie was okay with it, but glad when that didn't actually work out.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, so some cool stuff coming
2: indeed that's they keep throwing these little things in there that are clearly leading up to something you know in, in another eight episodes we're going to look back and go oh i see where they laid the groundwork for all of this mm-hmm. um, but you know as we're going along it's just you're, you're sitting here trying to speculate on how that's going to play and later on
3: yeah
2: so. but i'm glad he has his degree that's got to. Gotta feel good,
1: yeah. And and uh, as much as I like the Stanford stories, um, it's nice to be able to close a chapter on the past, especially with the next three episodes, yes, six, seven, and eight, and which we'll talk about together because it really has to be together. The Jill trilogy,
2: mm-hmm. and this created a lot of intense discussion on the ChuckTV.net forum. I mean, there were some um, virtual coming to blows over these episodes, especially the first one. Mm-hmm. People did not like um, Jill's reentry into the picture. It really was rather abrupt. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those maybe who didn't see the first season, they just had that little bit of catch-up that they gave us at the beginning of the episode. Um, so... <sighs> I was fine with it, to be honest, because in my mind, Jill has always been at the back of Chuck's head. Mm-hmm. She's always that betrayal that Chuck and Bryce, um, that Jill and Bryce um, situation where he got kicked out of Stanford and she dumped him. All of that has always been at the back of his mind weighing him down. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, it's always been a part of the show. Yeah, And having her reappear was not as sudden as it seemed to be for others. Yeah. And and then having him, you know, kind of pick up with her right away. Again, this is more personal experience, but, you know, I've been in a situation where there was someone that, um, it didn't work out with. And, but if they had come to me and said, you know, I'm sorry for how we ended things, I would have taken them back. Mm -hmm. You know, that's just, you know, when someone's been that important to you and it's been kind of weighing on you for so long and they give you a second chance I didn't think it was out of character for Chuck to to jump right back into it and be relieved.
1: Yeah, especially almost. especially because nothing real has happened between him and Sarah.
2: Exactly. And they even had that talk at the end of the third episode this season saying, well, let's just be, we're going to be friends. I mean, I know Chuck was doing all of the talking, but as far as he knew, Sarah, Sarah's been saying that for the last year. Yeah. We can only be friends. So as long as you're the intersect, we can only be friends. And he's clearly now, only you know, the the chance to um, remove the intersect from his brain is lost again. And we know, and apparently, you know, no one else does at this point, but we know that he's, the intersect has now been updated Mm -hmm. thanks to Bryce. Yeah. You know, so in his mind, yes, there's an attraction between he and Sarah and there's a growing friendship, but he's been told over and over and over and over by her that they cannot have a relationship as long as he's the intersect. Yeah. So, you know, the ex-girlfriend comes back and is, is sweet and gorgeous and apologetic. And what guy is not going to leap right back into that?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Especially, especially because this wasn't just an ex-girlfriend. This was like the love of his life.
2: Exactly, exactly.
1: So definitely we we respect everybody's opinions, but um, I I think that really we had to see how it played out mm-hmm. and and the way it played out i think was very natural and um and i think it pretty much brings chuck and sarah back to where they started that there's still a suggestion that there's definitely a possibility of a relationship there
2: i think they came out of it in a stronger position personally mm-hmm. because sarah made the decision to when she saw what what was going on with chuck and jill even though she didn't trust jill and you could see that she was she was jealous there's some jealousy there i could see her consciously make the decision, okay, Chuck is treating us like we're friends. And that's because I kept saying we were friends. So I'm going to handle this as though Chuck is my friend. And you see Mm -hmm. her, you know, in episode, I think it was episode seven, where she, she goes up and, and asks him how he's doing. And he says, Mm -hmm. oh, am I now getting, you know, the psychological evaluation? And she says, no, it's a friend. Mm -hmm. She just wanted to check in with him. Yeah. So and she kind of does that throughout the trilogy where you can see it's a battle for her. She's struggling with it, but she's accepting that this is the way that it is. And and she respects Chuck's decision to an extent. And, um, of course, that all falls apart. But I think because of that. And then, you know, he does make his choice at the end that he chooses Sarah over Jill and he cho- chooses the spy life over normal life, at least for now. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think they came out of it. They, they had that nice moment before they go in for Thanksgiving dinner. And I, I don't know. I just saw a real deepening of the friendship, a real strengthening yeah. of the friendship, which, of course, a good relationship is built on friendship. So I thought they came through it stronger and they really were able to settle the Jill and the Stanford portion of, of Chuck's past yeah, and have give him this way to move on, you know, get the closure and move on. And yeah, it was kind of another betrayal, but he's better equipped for it now. Mm -hmm. So I thought it turned out well in the end.
1: Yeah. And we don't want to see him pining forever.
2: No, exactly. We needed closure. And you know, there were some complaints about why are we devoting three episodes to this? Well, I personally would have been offended if it were once one episode and we're done. Yeah. When she's been such had such an impact on his life, Jill, and this this situation has had such an impact on Chuck's life. It deserved more than one episode.
1: Yeah, totally agree. And I'm loving the fact that the other players on the show are getting a lot more screen time, especially Ellie and Awesome.
2: Yes, I love them.
1: The whole Thanksgiving thing with her freak out and then tying in with, with Morgan and how he <laughs> he wasn't invited. And then they, they were happy to have him. I thought that was just really touching stuff and, and
2: it was. some great
1: character moments.
2: It was nice to see Ellie acknowledging that she does have some affection for Morgan. You know, it's been yeah. so, so many, Is it been nine years since the no touching rule was instigated? Yeah. You know, and now she actually goes up to him and hugs him. And, and of course, to parallel that, there's um, Lester and, and Jeff going to hug um Sarah, when she gets into the Thanksgiving dinner and awesome has to go pull Lester off of her. So that was pretty <laughs> funny,
1: <laughs> yeah and uh, I mean I, and some other quotes cool i know we're just, we're just kind of glossing quickly over these episodes, but um I thought the uh, the stuff in what do they call that facility under the under the orange orange the castle uh-huh. all that stuff about Chuck reading the manual of the <laughs> castle and and um and unlocking the door for them, just really great.
2: Um, Spy type stuff. Yeah, total geek stuff. You know, it's the whole read the effing manual. Yeah. Thing. I I love it when they do stuff like that.
1: And definitely the unexpected come out of nowhere moment that got one of the biggest laughs for me was when Big Mike comes into the store and takes out this fulcrum leader guy. (laughs) I mean that football tackle was a highlight of the shows for me.
2: And of course he thinks that this is a, a thief. Yeah, you know, and he turns to Casey and says, "Did Grimes put you in charge?" You know, good for him. And Casey just grunts at him. <laughs> you know, yeah. just I, I love how these things happen where the Bymore collides with the spy world, and yeah. you know, the Bymorians never know; they just think, yeah. they, they just think it's something they they're, they're looking at the surface and assuming that things are what how they appear. Yeah, and, and yeah, just
1: really good writing there too, in, the, in a way that they they tie up. Things that like you think that's going to blow up, like, like Morgan and, and Jeff and Lester taking off and leaving the store alone. You think that's going to be this big blow up and all it takes is a grunt from Casey uh-huh. to work it and out. They're safe. Yeah.
2: yeah. And how about Emmett Bar- Barge's, um, Tony Hale is Emmett Barge, the assistant yeah. manager. I'm really enjoying him. I was afraid he was going to be underused, but he's, you know, uh, little goes a long way. Oh, Yeah. But he's his whole trying to break Morgan to get information on check the whole buy more as a nation, think of it as a country, and you know, viva buy more. Yeah,
1: yeah. That, oh, whole, that whole buy more thing was awesome.
2: That was really good. And then when there's the coup, and yeah, that, was, that yeah. was great.
1: Yeah, and and what I love is the fact that he can play it really over the top, and yet, as for me, I would buy in,
2: yeah it's he's he's doing an exceptional job and this this leads us on into the next episode um episode nine chip versus the sensei where there's Mm -hmm. he's instigating this employee of the month campaign yeah and he does these little shivers when he looks at jeff and and lesnar (laughs) working and he just every time and you're just like oh man it's creepy but it's so appropriate oh yeah it's such. Yeah. A... Well,
1: let's 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 roll into that episode. Um, a great, great one as well. I love I love the Casey episodes.
2: And this time we got Marcus from Alias. Carl Lumbly was on playing um, the Sensei that's gone rogue. Yeah. That was really cool. I think he was underused. Really, I would have liked to have seen more of him, but you know, it was fine. There was enough going on in this episode that it it was okay, and it was more about Casey than you know the Sensei, of course. Yeah. So yeah.
1: my only thing. Like, I, I loved, I loved, I loved the episode. I loved the end, even though it's it's kind of predictable, but I loved that whole bit about Chuck saying the nice things to Casey and it <laughs> making him incredibly mad. Yes. My only thing is that in the end, it was like he was boxing. Like, it, it really looked like Casey was just punching. And even though he was really angry and you got that, this guy was supposed to be this major sensei, and he just punched him out. It, it seemed like there should have been a little bit more skill in that choreography
2: yeah I agree with that there the choreography sometimes is makes it a little unbelievable. That's something that people were commenting on when, in the first episode, Sarah took out Michael Clark Duncan's character. Mm-hmm. you know she's this tiny little thing and he's huge massive, and the things that she was doing, I guess you know it it looked cool, but in reality, you're like, really, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, sometimes the choreography's a little bit off. Um, I, but I, you know, I, I bought it that it was supposed to be that Casey has finally tapped into his angry center. Yeah. He doesn't have a calm center where yeah. the sensei is working from his calm center. And so Casey's coming at it from, from a more unrestricted place where, yeah. where he's not following the rules where, and the sensei is expecting him to follow the rules of the fighting. Mm-hmm. And that's how he, he manages to, uh, to dominate there.
1: Yeah. And, and I I bought it. I mean, and definitely I thought that the story was all there. Mm-hmm. The story was on and I'd much rather have them be on with the story and off with the choreography than it, have great choreography and no story.
2: Right. Exactly. Yeah. I, I'll buy it. i go with it. And I loved that it turned from, uh, you know, Casey gets grounded. Beckman makes him stay in the castle while Sarah goes out to try to finish the mission. And then mm-hmm. Casey manipulates Chuck into letting him out of the castle. And then handcuffs Chuck into the, the orange orange and Chuck uses his,
3: how, how great
2: was that line? Seven years of MacGyver finally pays off.
3: Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh, that was
2: awesome. So of course he gets out and doesn't stay in the car like he's told, but he goes in and he then manipulates Casey yeah. by, you know, talking to him about feelings, which is, you know, basically the red flag in front of the bowl. Yeah, To to get Casey to, you know, turn around and, and defeat the sensei. So that was kind of a nice mirroring there with the one manipulating the other. And then later on, you know, the table is turned.
1: Yeah. And, and you definitely see a couple of things. One, Chuck's spy skills are increasing. Mm-hmm. And Casey and Sarah are noticing that. And they're starting to work more together. And like it, uh, if you go back to the first season... It, it was much more, they were the spies and he was the appendage. Right. But now you see them working together a lot more and actually trusting each other's abilities and, and things like that. I, I, I like that a lot.
2: Yeah, so do I. I think it's nice to see them respecting him as more than just the asset. Just, you know, come flash. Come here and flash, mm-hmm. which is what Casey was trying to get him to do earlier. He's proving that he has other skills. You know, he can read the manual and get them out of the castle. He can escape from Casey, you know, really Casey has him restrained Yeah. and he's manages to escape. Yeah. So that's, that's interesting. Oh, and another thing I wanted to mention was that when he's, when he is restrained and he finally gets a hold of his cell phone, he doesn't call Sarah. He calls Ellie. Yeah. Because he's supposed to be there for the tasting for the wedding menu. Cause of course the awesomes have come in to help plan the wedding. And so she is his first thought. He wants, he has to call and let her know that he's going to be late.
3: <laughs>
2: which yeah. i i love the relationship between the two of them yeah and i love it when they reinforce it in that way they they had a really nice moment at the end of the thanksgiving episode too i really like it when they when they bring that into play so
1: yeah definitely definitely um we we have to get her for an audio interview um yes. she she had a uh, uh an interview before we started the podcast right that was um, just
2: a print interview so yep, yeah, we're working on that
1: and, uh, and definitely we'll have some exciting interviews in 2009, I'm sure.
2: Yes, we will.
1: But we're going to roll right into the listener emails. We have quite a few.
2: I do want to give a quick shout out to our ChuckTV.net forum member, Rom, who got engaged to Stacy on Thanksgiving. Yeah! And he says, he says he's going to marry her even though she doesn't like Chuck.
1: you have a lot of years to win her over
2: that's right so congratulations to the two of you
1: yeah Uh, also we hear again from lake from england Um, hi guys have to say a big well done on the interview it was fantastic Uh, this is regarding the julia ling interview i loved hearing julia talk about her history and everything she'd done before getting into acting seriously is there anything this girl cannot do makes my meager achievements pale into insignificance. I also love hearing her views about the show and Anna, and I'm really looking forward to see where things go from here on the show for her. I hope you guys are great, and I look forward to a new podcast hopefully soon. Uh, thanks, Slake, for your comments. I, I agree, uh, even more than the interview itself, just looking at her bio. I encourage you, if you want to be challenged on, on your life, <laughs> or feel insignificant. Look, yeah, go look at her bio on IMDb. It's incredible.
2: I don't think the girl sleeps. No, I mean, my goodness, yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see what what happens with her, and of course, we haven't seen Anna in the past few episodes, but she does have a rather significant plotline coming up soon, which she refused to talk to me about on the on the record. But it's yeah. it's going to be interesting when that yeah. comes up. So
1: cool. And next is Jorge Saldana from Chile. Hey there. Hope you're doing awesome. Pun intended. Just wanted to share a couple of things with you guys. Listen to the Julia Ling interview the other day. It was pretty good. She sounds like she's really down to earth and nice. And I just remembered in episode three when the cover name for Chuck was Jorge. And after that, he tells the Englishman that his name is really Jorge Carmichael. I was laughing so hard then. Uh, now I'm waiting for the last episode, Fat Lady, to watch it tomorrow. I'm excited. Oh, and one last thing. I bought a custom-made T-shirt of Chuck, and I send you a couple of pictures for you to see it. I hope you like them. Take care now, and remember, you're all pretty.
2: <laughs> so you should be seeing those photos of Jorge that he sent us uh, with his very cool red Buy More T-shirt. Yeah. If, if you're watching the enhanced version of the podcast. So thank you for sharing those with us, Jorge. That's pretty cool. I bet all your friends are envious. Yeah. And next we have one from Roms, which is not the ROM that's engaged. This is a different person. And he says, hi, Gray, Mel and Liz. I'm Roms from the Philippines. I just watched the rerun of Chuck versus the Sandworm on the AXN channel a few minutes ago, triggering an idea I once had to come back. Yeah, I somehow flashed. Ha ha. And I remember Chuck telling Sarah about the premise of their October Mother's Day. I think it was in the Sizzling Shrimp episode. And here's my thought for maybe one angle about their mother. She's the head of Fulcrum or a Fulcrum agent. And that's why she left her family. I mean, it happened in Alias and Prison Break, although it was their father in, that, in those shows. And who knows, it could happen in Chuck, right? Anyway, it's just a thought. I guess my system's just too full of CIA-filled shows. More power to your podcast and it's only 48 hours till the next Chuck episode here in the Philippines. I'm really excited how Chuck will deal with Jill chuckles ROMs. So thanks for writing in ROM from the Philippines. And Mm -hmm. you know, something that we forgot to talk about when we were talking about episode nine is there at the end where Chuck is, he attempts to call his father. Oh yeah. He he pulls out that birthday card and the numbers disconnected that was listed in the card. Um, But he tells ellie that he's going to find their father ellie's one dream for her wedding is to have her father walk her down the aisle Mm -hmm. so now chuck who has access to the cia and nsa databases is going to try to find their father for her and of course we accept expect that this wedding will take place during may sweeps so there's plenty of time to um work on on finding mr bartowski Mm -hmm. and you know whether how that's going to play in with mrs bartowski is uh yet to be seen so i will say that rom's idea that she may be an agent for fulcrum or some sort of agent is uh not uncommon among the chuck fandom
1: yeah why and and you know it, it there are some questions that that do come up like how chuck was already singled out for the cia mm-hmm. even before the whole bryce thing happened right so why were they onto him why did they know that he would have any special abilities unless somebody in his family had either some abilities or some connections?
2: Yep. Very suspicious. And as I said earlier, there's they we keep seeing them lay the little groundwork here and there for things that you know something's coming.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. And uh, do you want to read the last one from Sydney?
2: Sure. This is Sydney, who writes to us after pretty much every episode. So I just picked one. And, um, because we had answered several of her other questions earlier in the podcast. So yeah. I just chose this one. She says, um, it's Sydney again, sitting here in my womanness, just being a girl. Cause we had a last time we were wondering if she was male or female. We couldn't tell. So she's letting us know that she is female. Um, in case you don't believe me, I should say something girly. Like, oh my God, I just absolutely loved on uh, Chuck versus the fat lady when chuck and sarah thought they were covered in the poison and they were stripping down and got in the shower and chuck just kind of stopped and was like wow i've been in love with this woman for a long time and now i'm washing her it was really
3: cute <laughs> it
1: was cute it was cute
2: i wasn't sure how much i'd like this episode because i was reading the spoilers on ChuckTV.net and found out jill was fulcrum and i was really angry because now not only is he not with sarah he's with a very bad girl But it's kind of the episode that I could see myself watching over and over. Oh, and I really liked the accidental phone conversation between Chuck and Jill, where Sarah was like, move your hips. And Chuck was like, how are your knees not killing you right now? (laughs) That's right. I laughed so hard. I fell out of my chair. Just wanted to let you all know how much I loved it. And I'd ask you if you did, too. But I'm guessing if you read this on your podcast, you probably already talked about that. Oh, and Mm -hmm. thanks for reading my emails on your podcast. It really makes my day. Sydney.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah. We, some of the biggest laughs this whole season, right you, there.
2: That was, oh my gosh, that was so funny. She got so mad. Yeah. The rest of us were just laughing our butts off. Yep. So so thanks for writing in again, Sydney.
3: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: Well, that's the end of our listener emails. Thanks, everybody, for writing. And uh, please do keep the emails coming in over the Christmas break and also into January. And we're very, very excited to bring you our interview that Mel had with Scott Krinsky, who plays Jeff on the show. We're going to roll right into that now.
2: This is Mel with Chuck Versus the Podcast, and I am here with Chuck's Scott Krinsky, who plays Jeff on the show. How are you today? I'm great. I'm so glad you could talk with us today. You're one of the actors that get a lot of comments after an episode. Can you believe he did that? <laughs> it's, a, it's a great character. Thank you. Thank
0: you. I have a lot of fun playing him.
2: I'm glad. We wanted to start first. There's not a whole lot of information out there about your background. So we kind of wanted to fill in some blanks there before we get to check. I see that you majored in communications and broadcast journalism uh, uh-huh. at Salisbury State University in Maryland. When you chose that major, what were your plans for a career?
0: Well, I, I was interested in um, journalism. I always watched the news. and so. I guess my plan was to uh, to be a reporter.
2: And pursuant to that, you worked at CNN for a while?
0: Yeah, yeah. I started, I was an intern and uh, worked there for a little while during college and after.
2: What was that like? Was that pretty exciting or is it just pretty mundane?
0: I uh, know. It actually was very exciting. It was, um, you know, it was kind of during that time and after when the Berlin Wall was coming down. So
2: Oh, so very exciting. Yeah. There was
0: a lot going on and uh, broadcast news being one of my uh, favorite movies and James Brooks, uh, you uh-huh. know, it was kind of exciting to be working in a newsroom and, and just, there. you know, there's obviously there's there's deadlines and timelines and Mm-hmm. so there's there's a there's a lot going on and it's always interesting
2: a kind of chaotic energy exactly yeah, what made you decide to i guess give up the the reporter goal quit working at c n n and all that
0: well i you know acting and um was always like, my you know an interest of mine and uh you know watching t v and and movies as a kid and um i think it was just i think when you yeah, know as you get i get a little older and you start to figure out, okay, what do I really want to do with my life? And, and some things seem like fantasy dreams. And then, uh, I guess mm-hmm. acting was one of them. And then I just decided, you know, that this, that's what I really want to do. You know, like, what do I want to put my, my efforts into that's going to be fulfilling?
2: Mm-hmm. And so you decided that acting was your, your ultimate dream. Yes. I see that you've done a lot of stand-up comedy as well uh-huh is that was that your training ground for acting uh
0: not really i mean i started i you know when i was when i was in came out here in Los Angeles I was doing a lot of sketch comedy and uh theater with uh my theater group and um the comedy the stand up sort of came out of the, you know in the theater group that I was working with originally when we kind of disbanded and um I wasn't doing as much sketch with some other uh groups. I was sort of like, what am I going to do now? And I was always interested in stand-up comedy. It was always something that I wanted to do, and it just seemed like the the right time, you know, to do something where you didn't have to rely on anybody else or be with anyone else, and uh, you could write your own stuff and get up there and perform it, you know, on your own time. So it just it was sort of uh, like um, a natural. Sort of progression, I guess.
2: Stand-up comedy seems like a very brave career move because, as you said, you're up there by yourself and you're writing your own uh, things, and it's just you.
0: It's, it's a little scary at first.
2: <laughs> but you're old hat at it now, huh?
0: Well, I wouldn't. No, I would not. No. I would not say that. But it 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 becomes uh, it becomes more fun, and um, mm-hmm. I think you always have that anxiety and and uh, a little bit of that nervous energy. But it definitely. Uh, becomes more fun, you know, and you do it, the more you do it, the more you're in front of an audience, um, you know, you can, you you can enjoy it, the process more.
2: Which commun- uh, comedians are influencing you in your stand up in your act?
0: Uh, I was a big Stephen Wright fan, a mm-hmm. uh, big fan of Mitch Hedberg, um,
2: mm. who
0: passed away a few years ago.
2: Uh-huh. So a little bit on the edgy side.
0: Yeah. And I, I like, I like the very, sort of dry comedians
2: uh-huh uh, that seems to fit your character uh, yeah. uh, pretty well yeah good preparation for that character yeah. yeah um how did you break in from going from journalism um interest into television and and film i see that just all of a sudden and you had five films in 2005-2006 what happened
0: um you know i just i started Getting work, (laughs) you know. I was doing a lot of, uh, you know, I started off doing a lot of shorts and um, doing a lot of commercials and stuff when I moved out here, and then, uh, you know, gradually um, things start clicking Mm -hmm. and um, work seems to come your way. You know, that that's what's funny about this business—you can't really uh, predict how it's going to go. You know, one year it seems like there's a a lot, or and uh, you just have to take it as it comes.
2: Is feature work like your your ultimate, or do you do you have a preference between features and television and stand up
0: I don't know I don't really have i don't feel i have a, a preference for television or film. I really just like to to do work that I'm interested in characters mm-hmm. that I'm interested in.
2: So whatever the format, as long as it's interesting, you're there.
0: Yeah, exactly. If it's a a great role, if it's an interesting project, then that's what interests me. Well,
2: it seems like Josh Schwartz is writing interesting roles. I see you had a recurring role on the OC. Uh Uh-huh. And I imagine that then led to your role on Chuck. Did you audition for the role on Chuck or did Josh Mm -hmm. say, you know what, this character would be perfect for, for Scott?
0: Well, yeah, no, I found out, you know, they they did. They called me and offered uh, me the role of Jeff. And uh, I did end up having to do an audition uh, for the network mm-hmm. to get their stamp of approval. But, um, yeah, the role was was offered to me by Josh. So that was really, really flattering and wonderful and one of the best <laughs> phone calls I've ever seen.
2: <laughs> Who knew being a homeless guy would lead to a regular gig?
0: Exactly. I mean, the homeless guy, you know, was only supposed to be a, a one-episode gig.
2: Oh, really? Well, yeah. They just couldn't let you go.
0: They couldn't let me go. I said I was going to be the, uh, if the, if the OC kept going, I was going to be the the uh, the Nick Nolte, like in Down and Out in Beverly Hills, <laughs>
2: move in with the Cohen family. <laughs> that would have been an interesting storyline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad you're on Chuck. What was the transition like from the OC to Check? I mean, one's more of a, a drama, a teen drama, and then you come to this really just, you know, cracked out action adventure romance. You know, I mean, even when I was
0: on the OC, the homeless character I played, Daryl, you know, he was a little bit of a comedic relief as well, you know, so mm-hmm. it's, it's nice to um, show up to work and they don't have to uh, dirty up my fingernails and... <laughs> You know, put dirt on my face and make me uh, look too bad.
2: Because <laughs> Jeff does at least shower.
0: Yeah, Jeff. Yeah. Well, sometimes. Sometimes they, they say he doesn't. At
2: least once a week.
0: I think Jeff's kind of clean.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, he yeah. he doesn't have noticeable dirt smudges, so that's a step exactly up. right. Yeah. yeah. And it's interesting. I read in an interview that you're someone of a neat freak, and here you play you play these two characters that are not.
0: Yeah, I kind of sort of corned the market on these disheveled messes. <laughs>
2: Do you enjoy uh, playing these? I think
0: I'm a little little more vain. Uh
2: (laughs) Uh-huh.
0: You know, I like to keep it clean.
2: This lets you kind of break loose and and disregard the personal hygiene, at least on on film. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. We've seen several other alumni from the OC on Chuck as well. Uh, Rachel Bilson, Melinda Clark, did you bump into them when they were filming?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that was really exciting. Was it a
2: big OC reunion back there? (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, it was sort of, you know, I saw the I saw the girls and uh, and uh, of course uh, Julia Ling yes. been on the OC as well too. That's
2: right. Yeah, we talked to her a couple of weeks ago. She's putting the rest of us to shame. My gosh, <laughs> with everything she's doing.
0: Yeah, and it, and it was fun to come on to the show. Um, and we had a a lot of the crew that had been on the OC is now on Chuck. So that you know you kind of felt very comfortable right from the beginning. Seeing a lot of familiar faces
2: the Schwartz family moving from project to project. Yeah. Yeah. That's always nice. I mean, it's a, I know it's a nice continuity for you as an actor, but I think for the fans too, even if it's mostly behind the scenes where the, uh, the people are the same, it's nice for us. Cause it just immediately feels more established.
0: Yeah. You know, every, everybody there's like that. Everyone knows how to talk to everybody. There's mm-hmm. a, I think things get started. uh much more efficiently mm-hmm.
2: um since we were talking earlier you're a stand-up comedian you've got a lot of experience as that and you're a writer so are you able to improvise or suggest lines to the writers
0: um sometimes you know we we throw out ideas or or something that might help a line be delivered a, that, in a way that might sound a little more organic or but basically i mean the writers are, are just amazing on the show and you know so we we you know we do what you know we do what's written a
3: mm-hmm. lot, and
0: and there is room for impro- improvising, and and that does happen. But uh, uh, the writers are just absolutely amazing. I, I open the scripts and I just crack up at what you know what I have to say that we.
2: You get some fantastic lines. I think Jeff and Casey get the best lines consistently in an episode. Oh,
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, they're and they talk about two very different characters, but
0: it's Casey's. Yeah, he's great. I mean, it's it's uh it and I credit our writers. They're just they're just amazing. I mean, I read this stuff and I'm like, How did you think of this?
2: <laughs> and then well, I, I'm gonna guess that Jeff's inappropriate winking is something you brought to the character.
0: Yeah, that we did that, you know, that came about obviously in the pilot and um and we I think we've had a few winks here and there. Mhm.
2: Are there um, more coming this season?
0: There were, there was. I did think there were out? some winks that that didn't end up in the show.
2: Mm-hmm. Like we did some
0: other winks, but uh, I think uh, they'll keep the winking going.
2: <laughs> Maybe they could do a special on the on the next DVD set. You know, all the yeah. cut, all the cut winks in one loop.
0: Yeah, I guess I'm a good winker. You know,
2: <laughs> well, it's caught the um, attention it's of winking some of the-
0: class. <laughs> winking
2: class. Winking one hundred and one.
0: I didn't know. People were like, how can you wink? Or, you know, I, I didn't know. I I guess some people have a hard time uh, winking.
2: Well, I guess you can put that on your CV under exactly. skills.
0: Special skills.
2: Winking. It seems like the the cast of Check and, of course, behind the scenes, um, the, the creative team as well, are they're made up of a lot of very funny people. And in particular, the Buy More group. It just seems like it's a, a stand-up act waiting to happen, really, or a sketch team. And you have such great chemistry together. Um, we particularly like Jeff and Lester, you and Vic
0: playing, mm-hmm.
2: playing off each other. You're such a good duo. Do you guys hang off, uh, hang out off the set as well?
0: Um, yeah, you know, we, we, we've, we've all, um, hung out from time to time. Um, you know, sometimes if, if we wrap a little early, we'll go out or, you know, for a drink or something. So yeah, we do. And, uh, we have a great, uh, great rapport and it's a lot of fun and, um, uh, i think it shows in the work
2: it does you guys are a hoot i'm thinking this um last not this past episode but the one before the first in the jill trilogy where jeff and lester pull up in the Nerdmobile <laughs> and totally blow up for Chuck. yeah that's priceless
0: yeah it was fun i mean then we...
2: then have you guys go in reverse and back up and oh my gosh were we naughty that was <laughs> the icing
0: yeah, it's like you know you read stuff like that, and it's like I, it cracks me up myself. You know, I'm cracking myself up when I want when I read it, and then we get to go do it.
2: How do you keep a straight face, Jeff's So deadpan.
0: <laughs> um, you know, sometimes that's hard. <laughs> you know, but you got to, you got to do it. Mm-hmm. You got to get the take, and then
2: break you up after get the
0: take. In. Exactly.
2: Are there other members of the cast that you wish you could work with more often?
0: I love when. Um, When uh, Jeff and Lester have scenes with Ellie and Austin, oh yeah, I think they just look at us like we're like we're from another planet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I I hope I hope that we have some more stuff to do with them. And uh, you know, I mean, it would be you know, it just it really just depends on um, on the on the storylines and um, what they write. I mean, it's it's fun to we all have fun working together, and it's always you know you always wish you could do more with this character or that character. But um, but the stuff we've done with uh, Ellie and Awesome, it's just so much fun. Every time, you know, they look at us like we're crazy and we look at them like, you don't understand what we're talking about.
2: <laughs> but it's so simple. How could you not know? <laughs> yeah. Who's your inspiration for Jeff, for the character?
0: Um, as far as like other actors or just... Um,
2: Anything.
0: Oh, well, definitely, you know, you know, when you go on to stores like to buy more i mean there's there's so many (laughs) any any kind of service uh industry you know there's so many characters out there in the world you know and so i mean i'm constantly you know when i when i'm out looking at people being a people watcher and and getting inspiration uh from people
2: he's a certainly a memorable character we are learning a little bit more about him this season we've learned that he was a champion um at missile command Mm-hmm. And he revealed that he had an alcoholic mother,
0: <laughs>
2: which I don't think was too much of a surprise.
0: He was in jail?
2: And he was in jail. Um, what other secrets um, can we look for? His mother.
0: To? His mother was in jail.
2: Oh, Jeff was never in jail.
0: No, Jeff wasn't. Oh, okay. Not that we know.
2: It was just his mother. Not that we know so far. Do we have any other secrets being revealed?
0: Um, not. That. I think. I think right now. I don't, know anything very very secretive mm-hmm. that you don't already know okay and if it was a really good secret i don't know if i could tell you
2: oh, denied. Ah denied no i know, I know. <laughs> you want it we want to know he's just you know he's this character that's um well we did finally have an episode that somewhat focused on him but just uh, in the background and the, he's back there that all of a sudden you get this revelation about Jeff that you're like, wait a minute, where'd that come from? He's such a layered character that I think we're all just kind of waiting for more to happen with him.
0: Yeah. It's, I'm I'm interested to see what happens too.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so if we wanted to see you in a role that is the complete opposite of Jeff's, what would we watch?
0: Um, well, I'm do- actually I'm doing a uh, play right now. Oh yeah? Yeah. What's that called? Kidnapped by Craigslist.
2: Kidnapped by Craigslist. Yeah. Okay.
0: And it's all um, performances weaved together of original postings from Craigslist. No way. Yeah, like, with the you know, from the rants and raves uh-huh. section of Craigslist or the personals.
2: Oh, how fun.
0: Misconnections. <laughs> so I'm getting to play a lot of different characters that are very different from Jeff.
2: Hmm. That sounds interesting. And is that in Los Angeles?
0: Yeah, that's in Los Angeles right now running through christmas
2: that's very interesting i wonder if they will ever film that um do a nice yeah, stand-up special on hbo yeah be nice so those are going to be the complete opposite of jeff kidnapped yeah they
0: very different which is what attracted me to working on it was to do something that was allowed me to to work on some different characters
2: mm-hmm. you're also a writer do you, do you plan on doing any writing for Chuck or any other television or feature writing? Uh, not
0: Chuck. I think I'm going to leave Chuck to our brilliant writers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, I'm I'm always I'm keeping a lot of ideas, and uh, right now my writing is probably more primarily focused on my stand
2: Mm-hmm. That makes sense. You always have to keep fresh material coming for that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And you regularly perform um, in Los Angeles, correct? Mm-hmm at the comedy store and improv exactly so i assume people can go to their websites and check and see yeah on my
0: space uh there's the, i always keep that up to date with okay. um the dates um i just i was at the improv a few weeks ago and i um uh, probably just while i'm doing the play won't be doing as much stand-up until the play is done mm-hmm.
2: it's keeping you busy then
0: yeah, the play's yeah. a lot of work and that wow. runs for Christmas.
2: Well, as long as it keeps you out of trouble. <laughs> well, we <you laughs> hope. In theory. So what do you do when you're not on check and you're not doing stand up comedy and you're not performing it in a play every night?
0: Uh, I love to cook. Uh, I love I love to I love the beach, I surf.
2: Mm, really? Yeah. is a good choice for you there, huh?
0: I love LA, yeah. Yeah. I love love living near the ocean, and I love uh, rollerblading down there by the beach, surfing, yeah. Awesome. like the outdoors.
2: So what else do we have to look forward to from you? Are you looking beyond the play? Anything else coming up?
0: Uh, Well, there's some possible things coming up. But, you know, right now, I'm pretty much uh, very focused on uh, Chuck. You know, we have uh, about seven more episodes to finish this Mm -hmm. season. Uh, To finish filming? Yeah, yeah,
2: we're only up so, to episode uh, eight here,
0: you know. Oh yeah, for us
2: lowly so, viewers.
0: But there are there's some there's some good stuff coming up.
2: Mm-hmm. Anything you'd like to tease us with?
0: Uh, I think I just. <laughs> I think oh, okay, you, you'll see some. Jeff has some talent abilities.
2: Oh. Yeah. Something beyond the winking.
0: Performance abilities.
2: Performance abilities.
0: Yeah, I don't want to get too specific. Uh. The way
2: intriguing and about when can we expect that i think that's
0: coming up maybe before christmas
2: okay so keep an eye out for jeff and his amazing performing abilities <laughs>
0: <And> <laughs> he's not he's not performing alone but it's fun okay but i don't want to give too much away
2: all right anything else you want to tease
0: uh no yeah if you're in los angeles come see kidnapped by craigslist
2: And where is that? Where are you performing that?
0: It's at the Elephant Lab Theater.
2: The Elephant Lab Theater in Los Angeles. Kidnapped by Craigslist. Starring Scott Krinsky in Hollywood. Okay. Good deal. Well, I think that wraps up what we were going to talk with you about this time, but we would sure like to talk with you again in the future.
0: That would be great.
2: Okay. Well, we're going to wrap this up for the podcast. This is Mel with Chuck versus the Podcast and Scott Krinsky from Chuck and we'll we'll see you next time.
0: All right. Thank you very much.
2: Thank you.
1: And we're back. So how was it talking to Scott?
2: You know, this guy is so laid back. And uh, it was it was interesting to talk to him and no, knowing his character on Jeff so well at this point, and I hadn't seen him in anything else. Talking to him and hearing him be so intelligent, mm-hmm. I really hate to say that, you know, because I know that Jeff is just a character, but he plays him so well.
3: He does.
1: You
2: know? And But Scott Krinsky is so intelligent. He's well-spoken. He's very laid back. Definitely deadpan. Um, and apparently
1: a neat freak.
2: And apparently a neat freak. So, you know, he doesn't share a lot in common with Jeff, which, no. you know... It, is probably a good thing, but, yeah. but yeah, he was, a uh, he was fun to talk to. We did want to remind anyone who's going to be in Los Angeles, uh, from now until December 20th, that Scott's show kidnapped by Craigslist will be running, um, through December 20th. Tickets are only 15 bucks and you can get them at, um, www.thespyants.com again with the spy mm-hmm. stuff. So, and it sounds really interesting. Is that the Elephant Lab Theatre on Santa Monica Boulevard in Los Angeles, which is just west of Vine? So those of you who are in the area and might have a chance to check it out, we'd sure love to hear what you thought about it if you want to um, go see and email us about it or or uh, give us a, a a holler and we could record a, a quick um, audio review with you. We'd sure enjoy that and uh, yeah, it sounds like it's a really interesting concept, so I'm very curious about it,
1: yeah. Yeah. Great interview overall, um, and you know, I I just love hearing about the the backstories on on each of these um, people playing the characters in Chuck. It it gives me a greater appreciation for the show mm-hmm. um, to see how talented all these really minor players are in the in the cast.
2: Mm-hmm. They've got some really impressive CVs.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we're uh, we're gonna roll into our spoilers soon, but we do want to say um, whether it's. Uh, Christmas or Hanukkah or Ramadan or whatever your holiday is, if it's Santa Claus or you're just getting time off work, we want to wish you a very safe and happy holiday.
2: That's right. And we hope that you will join us again in January when we bring more news. And, of course, uh, stay in touch on ChuckTV.net, where we'll be posting things as they uh, come up. And don't forget to vote for us at PodcastAlley.com every month. The, the ratings um, start afresh, so we encourage you to go in and vote for us each month if you enjoy our podcast.
1: Yep, and uh, I would encourage everybody to introduce your friends to Chuck and have a Chuck night maybe even over the holidays.
2: You bet. This is a perfect time to catch up and introduce yeah. other people to the show.
1: Yep. So uh, we'll see you in 2009. And we're back with spoilers. You've got some casting news from the famous Kristen at E! Online.
2: That's right. She is talking about um, coming up for episode 14. Um, it's called Check Versus the Suburbs, and it's going to air during February. She's announced that Andy Richter and Ginny McCarthy are going to appear in this episode, and... She um, kind of teases us and says, are they going to be evil spies, old friends, new lovers? Well, according to her sources, when intelligence reports suggest that an evil fulcrum agent might be living in the suburbs, Chuck and Sarah are forced to go undercover as, wait for it, a married couple and play house. Woohoo! Yes, the Chuck and Sarah fans go crazy. Uh, Andy and Jenny will play different neighbors who live in the hood, and Chuck versus the Suburbs is... Uh, Episode 14 of season two and is most likely to air in late February or possibly during March sweeps. Um, It'll probably be if episode 13 is airing on February 2nd, then most likely um, this episode will air on February 9th. So that's something to look forward to, something that people have been speculating on and wondering when is it going to happen? When is Mm -hmm. there going to be a situation where Chuck and Sarah have to pretend to be married? And now we know. Episode 14.
1: Yeah, very cool. And, and on that note, we've got some spoilers for episode 18, and uh, that's when a Canadian joins the cast of the show, or at least for one episode. Trisha Helfer, who played on Battlestar Galactica, the blonde Cylon, I'm sure everybody knows. She actually uh, grew up in the same area as me, I'm very close in Alberta. But uh, General Beckman, who has been growing increasingly concerned about Chuck and Sarah's intensifying bond considers bringing in a new G-woman to work alongside Chuck. Enter Agent Forrest, who shows no fear, no remorse, and much to Agent Casey's delight, is very easy on the ice. But Helfer isn't moving in on Strahovski's turf permanently, is she? Actually, no, she's not. She's only booked for one episode, episode 18, and Strahovski's got, wow, a six-year contract. So I am assuming everything's going to be wrapped up pretty quickly with this character. Um, Osiello spilled the beans on a couple of other guest roles coming up. Uh, Jonathan Cake from Six Degrees is coming on board for a multi-episode arc as a Gerard Butler-esque British MI6 agent by the name of Cole Barker. The rugged macho spy catches Sarah's eye and makes Chuck feel even geekier than usual. And also...
2: Sports Illustrated swimsuit cover girl Brooklyn Decker will guest star in episode 15 when Jeff and Lester take over the hiring process at Buy More and begin recruiting potential Buy More booth babes. Uh Of course they do. Yeah. So I wanted to note with um, this Tricia Helfer casting, it's an open-ended casting. Um, She currently is only scheduled, um, only cast for this episode 18. But um, Schwartz has said that that's not necessarily the only episode she will appear in. I see. She could become a recurring character um, but they the original idea were that she's being cast to take over um, Sarah Walker's role as Chuck's handler, obviously that's not going to happen as she's only signed on for this one episode this season at this point. Yeah so but you know it's I think it's good that they're gonna ask about this you know it, it's becoming an issue the handler and the asset are getting close, and what do we do about that? I do have to wonder what it is that General Beckman, who does not watch their day-to-day operations, how does she know that they're getting too close? I
1: My, my thing is, I think it's pretty obvious, because both Casey and Sarah have um, kind of resisted her direction, and you can tell that they're, um, that both of even Casey, uh, are getting attached to Chuck and not being completely objective as Spice,
2: mm-hmm. that's true. I just keep wondering what it is that is that happens that prompts this from General Buckman. Uh huh. There must be some event, but then we find out that you know Jonathan Cake's coming on as this character of Cole Barker for a multi-episode arc, and um, that starts, I believe, uh, I think that starts in episode fifteen. Maybe 16, mm-hmm. but it's a couple of episodes before the one that Tr- Tricia Helfer joins. So the fact that he's on and kind of competing for Sarah's attention from Chuck may prompt something from, from our man to uh, cause General Beckman to bring in uh, someone else to fulfill Sarah's role for Chuck.
1: Yeah, oh. well, and especially because it looks like this is all happening during sweeps. Uh-huh. So, uh huh. So I can see however they're going to step up the game in this way, it'll. Happen in sweeps.
2: Of course. As usual. Yep. We did want to mention that we don't have spoilers for Beyond Episode 212 because the casting sides are no longer being posted by the agency. Um, certain websites, not us, but certain websites have been posting them in their entirety um, or uh, posting really, really detailed reports about those casting sides. So mm-hmm. the show um, has quit uh, providing open access to them which is a shame for those of us who were following the, the general guidelines about being vague. But, oh, well. We'll just have to wait for people like Kristen um, at E or Asialo at com to uh, give us little tidbits instead of getting the nice spoilers we were getting before.
1: Yeah. Well, such things happen. And, and we do want to remind uh, anyone who's listening who does have either their own fan websites or blog entries or, or things like that, that you got to play by the rules. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure that if you're ever reposting things from other sites, you always give a full credit to where the source is from. Don't cut out things like uh, watermarks on photos and, and things like that. It's, it's just not good web etiquette.
2: Right, exactly. And and in the case of spoilers, you don't want to post the entire recap or the entire the entire script pages. You know, if you have access to that, that's great. But And it's tempting to say, oh, look at us, we have access to all of this, but... If you think more about the show itself and the people that are working on the show, it is not in their best interest. It is not in the show's best interest to have those detailed synopses out there.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So just, you know, just keep that in mind. And I know some people on the check forums, they were posting links to these other websites and we had to you know say, no, we, we can't do that. Um, even if we're not hosting that information on our website, we don't want to link to them because we know that's not cool. And, We know that the powers that be do kind of review our site. And so we try to play by the rules there. Um, And a lot of people have gotten themselves um, really upset about upcoming episodes based on what they have read in those detailed synopses, not taking into account context and tone and, and all of that, that you're only getting a partial story. I'm Mm. I'm not sure if I'm saying that correctly, but, um, several people have said, you know what, I'm going to have to swear off spoilers because I'm getting too distracted, too caught up and I'm not enjoying the show as much. And then when the episode comes, it's not what I was thinking it was going to be for better or for worse. And that's one reason why when we were posting our original spoilers, we try to, you know, give, give a little bit of a tease, give a little bit of information about what's coming, but try to keep it in context and also not give away anything major.
3: Yeah.
1: So just well, be- and, the, and the way these, these shows happen is um, virtually always with these synopses. It doesn't give you the ending exactly, and the end ending totally
2: spins things. Right, exactly, and and we don't want to do that. We want to. Our our idea was to you know enhance the experience of watching the show, not give the whole thing away ahead of time, um, not to really spoil it. I know they're called spoilers, but it should be more enhancers. Is what we yeah. were going for. So, anyway, that's just my little soapbox commentary about about that, and to explain why we're not doing those spoilers anymore is because we just don't have access. Um, nobody does at this point, because yeah, a yeah. couple of couple of bad apples.
1: By those spoilers, we mean the the specific episode description spoilers. We, we do have these casting right. notices and things like that. There will be spoilers, right? Um, just not as plentiful as before.
2: Right. And of course we have, when NBC puts out their synopses, which are always misleading, we have those available as well. And, you know, we do have other sources and if we get information via those sources, we will post that if they're um, applicable, if they're appropriate. So yeah. we can't post everything we know, but we, like I said, will enhance, not spoil.
3: Yeah.
1: So we're going to wrap it up and this is wrapping up 2008. We will Uh, See you, or at least we will be on the airwaves in the new year. Please uh, watch for us. Make sure to keep your iTunes podcasts up to date and uh, check ChuckTV.net and ChuckPodcast.com and make sure you're ready for the new half season of Chuck. So uh, wrapping up and uh, shout out to Vern and
2: the boys. That's right. Hope you guys are having a good holiday season. And we look forward to talking to all of you guys again in 2009.
1: And Liz will be with us then too.
2: That's right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.